Let me take you back to the 2000s, a time when there were hundreds of college movies being released every day. They all had your typical fraternities or sororities, and of course, the epic parties. And I know I wanted to be a part of it. But in reality, there is a darker side to Greek culture at universities. Hello and welcome to 90 Minute Escape. Today's case is about how a fraternity's initiation ceremonies and hazing led to death. Pennsylvania State University, which is also known as Penn State University, is located in Pennsylvania in America. It has a good number of fraternities. For those who may not know, fraternities and sororities are quite common in American universities. They are named after two or three Greek letters and they are supposed to be some kind of experience of Greek culture or life for students involved. I honestly don't see anything Greek about it except their names like Alpha something or Sigma something. Fraternities are normally pretty big houses with lots of rooms to accommodate all the students. It's like an actual house and not a dormitory style building. These houses are normally owned by the school itself or corporations of alumni or a sponsoring national organization. So students you have to follow school rules or the rules of whoever owns the place. The whole point of this Greek culture is to basically have a bunch of students living under one roof and they form this sort of brotherhood or sisterhood. They actually refer to each other as brothers or sisters. Fraternities are for guys and sororities are for girls. Basically, it's a way to make friends and have fun activities with this certain group of people. And this, in theory, does sound like a fun thing to do. Because when you're in high school, there's a sort of connection you have with the people you're in the same class with or the people you're in the same grade with. Even if you might not know everyone who is in your class or in your grade, there's still a level which distinguishes who is in the 10th grade and who is in the 12th grade. And sometimes they don't even hang out together because like, oh, you're young and stuff. But in university, there really isn't this feeling. Those lines are blurred and everyone just kind of mixes together. In some universities, people could still form their own types of small groups with people that they have similar interests with, like clubs or whatever other stuff they do. <laughs> In my university, I didn't have clubs, so I don't know about that. I think we normally hear about, oh, those are the music people or those are the artsy people. What I'm trying to say is that joining a fraternity kind of lets you jump through the process of making friends and puts you in a group of people that you should eventually form a bond with. So people are kind of saved from that decision making process. And there's also the thing that you have a place to stay, which is normally off campus. And who doesn't want to live off campus? I know I would. Penn State had a number of these fraternities and sororities. In 2005, there's this man named Donald. He is an alumni who once played football at Penn State. He decided to donate $1.2 million to renovate the Better Theta P House. I'm just going to call it the P House from now on. <laughs> That's too much. You might think that is an insane amount of money to donate to what is technically 
a party house. But no, a year later in 2006, the same Donald guy raised another $3.6 million to renovate the same house again. This was the most expensive fraternity house renovation in American history. At this point, the house should look good enough to be on MTV Cribs. I only saw pictures of the outside and there was nothing really amazing about its design. It's just bigger than most houses. The funny thing is that once the renovation started on the house, the fraternity brothers were smashing holes into the walls with baseball bats. And Donald got the feeling that in the future, there would be more damage to the house. And even with these red flags, the renovations still went on. And I'm just thinking, isn't there a better place to take all this money? Donald was not a fan of hazing. And when he realized that the fraternity had a toxic culture of hazing, he installed a surveillance system so that he could be notified if anything were to happen. P-House was known to have a deep history of hazing. The members of the house once had a racial slurs party on their front porch. What kind of party even is that? How does one come up with the idea of having a racial slurs party? And everyone is just like, yeah, that sounds great. That's crazy. At the party, the boys were yelling the N-word to an African-American student as he walked past the house. Whoever who it was who they were yelling that out. Now, I just know that must have messed up that guy's day. There was also another situation where the pea house had used condoms just laying around their front yard. And that is so disgusting. There was also hot sauce that was just poured all over their hallway. All this is just nasty to me. I don't understand how you can put $3 million in a house like this. In 2016, a P-House pledge named Cordell was going through the same hazing initiation process. Whatever they were doing to him left him with a huge cut on his head. A brother from the P-House, whose nickname was Pajamas, found Cordell in a bad state. He was hitting the head and he was bleeding. Cordell asked Pajamas to drive him back to his dorm and Pajamas asked his pledge leader, the guy who is in charge of them, and he texted Pajamas back and he said, Who? Cordell? Not worth it. First of all, if someone has got a huge cut on their head, why do you need to call your leader or whoever the hell it is to ask permission? Shouldn't that be the first thing in your mind is, I want to help this person? And I'm surprised at the school as well. With all these incidents, they didn't think that they should at least take a look into this house, this pea house, and see if they should do something about it. Because all this is very concerning. Timothy Piazza is a 19-year-old guy just graduated from high school and he's on his way to study at Penn State. Timothy is known to be a more serious-minded type of guy or more put-together type of guy. In his high school, he was actually giving lessons on, you know, alcohol prevention and how to have sex safely. Surprisingly, he decided he wanted to join the P-House fraternity. All his friends and his family were surprised that he would want to join a fraternity. His girlfriend was surprised as well. And his elder brother and his parents actually told him not to go. 
They didn't think that it suited his personality and the biggest concern was that fraternities were known for drinking and parties. His family thought this would be a huge distraction for Timothy. Even though Timothy's friends and family were against it, he thought it was a good idea because he had done his research and it was actually alcohol-free and hazing-free. Well, it was supposed to be. And Timothy just felt like he wanted a brotherhood. He was going into university and he just thought this would be a great way to have that. In order for Timothy to be part of the P-House, he had to go through the whole low-key hazing and initiation activities. On February the 2nd of 2017, Timothy was ready to jump through one of the final activities he had to undergo before becoming a member of the P-House. Just like most college students, Timothy had barely eaten all day. He went over to the frat house and the brothers began their hazing process. They made Timothy drink extremely large amounts of alcohol in a short amount of time. They had an obstacle course which they called the gauntlet. Basically in the gauntlet, they would make each pledge drink from a bottle of vodka. Then they would have to drink a beer. And finally, they would have to drink from a bag of wine. I think it was like one of those plastic bags of wine that come in a box. What the fraternity brothers didn't know is that Timothy took antidepressants. And we all know how bad it is to mix pills and alcohol. It's crazy the amount of alcohol that they made him drink. Honestly, when I heard how much Timothy drank, it just made me realize that damn, I forgot alcohol can be poisonous. Alcohol poisoning is actually a real thing. I mean, I know it's a real thing, but it's never at the front of my mind whenever I'm having a drink that damn, I can actually be poisoned if I have too much. Timothy was in a terrible state. He was so drunk. I mean, he was drinking from a bottle of vodka. He was not taking shots. He was drinking from the bottle. And on top of that, he had a beer. And on top of that, he had wine. And everyone knows that when you mix alcohol, it's such a dangerous thing because you get so drunk. And at this point, he's having extreme amounts of each type of alcohol. And it's believed that the pills that Timothy took just took everything to another level. You know, he's drunk. He can barely walk. Whilst he was in this state, he fell down the basement stairs and he was unconscious. He was carried back upstairs to the couch and the surveillance cameras actually captured Timothy laying down with a bruise on his left abdomen. This bruise on his stomach was later confirmed to be from another alcohol-fueled event which happened like a week earlier. Once they placed Timothy on the couch, some people were getting concerned. They wanted to call an ambulance because he had just fallen down a flight of stairs and he's drunk. But three guys who are members of the P-House, Jonah, Lars and Edward, they stopped anyone from calling the police or calling an ambulance. Jonah actually threw one guy against the wall. Edward was calling people crazy, saying that they're insane, trying to make them feel like there's no need to worry. Lars also jumped in and he was downplaying the concerns of everyone. They had a group chat and people were in there saying that they 
were concerned or maybe they wanted to call an ambulance and Lars was down playing the whole thing trying to make them feel like there was nothing to really be worried about and there was no need to go that far you know we all know those types of people after some time Timothy rode off the couch three of the brothers picked him up and placed him on the couch there is footage of the three of them kind of poking at Timothy's face like slapping him pouring water on him like they were trying to wake him up or something but Timothy remained unresponsive and unconscious a newly initiated frat member named Cordell tried to help Timothy he tried to tell other members that they should call the police and call an ambulance because Timothy was really in a bad state but Cordell was shoved up against the wall and everyone just ignored everything that he said Most people can relate to being in a situation where you feel like you cannot speak your opinion. So props to people that found courage to speak up like Cordell, and a few more people should have this sort of courage. Speaking up when something doesn't feel right sounds like it's an easy thing to do, but honestly it's not. I think as people get older, they start to realize that it's okay for you to speak your opinion and it's okay for you to not go with the crowd but when you're a teenager and even younger than teens and even in your early 20s it's it's not very clear yet so it was really nice for Cordell to do that for you to be in a situation where you're thinking damn i think something might be wrong but everyone around you is saying dude stop overreacting you sound crazy there's no need for you to call an ambulance come on peer pressure is real at 3 a.m. Timothy was seen trying to get up once again when he finally managed to stand up he fell backwards he continued trying to get up a couple more times but he just kept falling back down once he was finally able to stand up and maintain his balance Timothy kind of staggered towards the lobby of the house but again he fell down. This time he fell head first into an iron railing and he landed on stone floor. This likely could have caused head trauma. Even after having all these hits to his head, Timothy tried to get up once again. He tried to reach his hand out for the front door handle, but again he fell head first into the door. He knocked himself unconscious again. He later tried once more to climb up the basement stairs. I mean, Timothy was really trying his best. I don't know how he was doing all this, falling down so many times and getting back up. It was clear that he really wanted to get out or he really wanted some help because I know that if that was me, I would have just laid down and just slept. Timothy didn't make it up the stairs. He was found several hours later by his fraternity brothers. He was behind a bar which they had in the basement. He was cold and he was breathing rapidly. His fraternity brothers carried him up the stairs. When they got upstairs, they were discussing for several minutes about what they should do, and they finally agreed that this is serious. We need to call an ambulance. So they did then call an ambulance. Before the ambulance arrived, the brothers wiped blood from Timothy's face. They attempted to dress him up so that he could be warm. The ambulance arrived shortly after that and he was taken to a hospital. But when he got to the hospital, he had to be transferred to another hospital because his injuries were so severe. When Timothy arrived at the second hospital, he was immediately rushed into surgery. It was discovered that he had ruptured his spleen 
and he had a class 4 hemorrhagic shock. Timothy's brain was so swollen that roughly half of his skull had to be removed in order to relieve pressure on his brain. The surgeons who were fighting to save his life said that Timothy would likely never be able to recover from these injuries. Timothy was pronounced dead in the early morning of February the 4th, 2017. Timothy was expected to have a blood alcohol content of nearly 0.4 on the night of the hazing incident. This is more than four times the legal amount in America. One member of the fraternity said that after the hazing incident, Timothy looked fucking dead. Timothy's case was one of the largest hazing prosecutions in U.S. history. After the investigation, 18 members of the fraternity were charged in connection with Timothy's death. Eight were charged with involuntary manslaughter and the rest had a number of charges including hazing. The P House fraternity itself was charged. Its fraternity branch at the Penn State University was closed after the president banned it indefinitely. As of September 2017, the fraternity and the 18 members had a total of 850 criminal charges. The crazy thing is, in May 2018, the Attorney General took over the investigation and he uncovered a massive cocaine ring, which was run by the P House Executive Board. The accountants quoted it in their books as slash fund. Isn't this just insane? How there was actually a cocaine ring happening at this university in the same P House? There were too many people and there were too many charges. And I don't want to bore you with all that information, so I won't get too deep into it. I'll just give you a quick overview. There were charges like reckless endangerment, furnishing alcohol to a minor, and tampering with evidence. Timothy had been given 18 drinks in a span of 82 minutes, and the video had been intentionally deleted. A number of charges were later dismissed, like the manslaughter charge. The trial itself was just something else. It was said that when the frat brothers arrived at the court, it was sort of like a reunion. That was the atmosphere that was there. It was like a frat boys reunion. And it's just insane because you guys are in court because someone died. There was also attorneys shouting at each other from across the room. One attorney was actually even charged. Only a few guys have been charged so far because these things take a long time. One person got house arrest and the others got jail time ranging from two months in jail to six months in jail. But I don't think any of them will spend a full six months or nine months in jail because the minimum is just either two months or one month or three months depending on the person. The trial for the fraternity members led to an investigation into Penn State University and their role and response to hazing. This investigation went on for months. They collected evidence and they talked to former pledges and other people with first-hand experiences. Testimonies were given about the death of Joe Dado, which could have been related to the fraternity. There was also another suicide, which could be linked to hazing pressures. Witnesses who knew about the hazing said that they tried to tell authorities about it, but not much was done. Pledges said that hazing had become a routine thing behind closed doors and the university just turned a blind eye to it. 
It's insane that there were so many incidents, but the university didn't do anything about it. There are certain jobs that you just can't be lazy at. You have to take it seriously when you have students in your care and you have a responsibility to keep them safe. You can't have people dying and committed suicide and you just turn a blind eye to it. Wouldn't you at least want to know why that is happening? It was uncovered that pledges had to drink extreme amounts of alcohol and endure physical abuse and they were often sleep deprived. In some extreme cases, there would be sexual, physical and emotional abuse and sometimes they were made to kill small animals. Like what? What does killing an animal even prove? Like some of these things don't even make sense. Pledges were threatened that if they did tell anyone then there would be consequences. On the 27th of March 2018, a new law was made in Pennsylvania. It's called the Timothy J. Piazza Anti-Hazing Law. With this, it creates more severe charges for hazing. A person could be charged an amount ranging from $2,500 to $15,000. And they could also get prison time of up to seven years. Timothy's family helped in creating the bill. It defines hazing as coercing an individual to participate in any illegal activity in order to join a social group, including the use of drugs and alcohol to inflict physical or emotional harm, or the use of other forces such as whipping, beating, or extreme embarrassment. Timothy's parents, Jim and Evelyn Piazza, have gone on to speak to thousands of college students all over America in order to end hazing on campus. It makes me feel so sad what Timothy's parents had to go through. I'm happy that they're actually putting this to good use and trying to warn everyone about the dangers of hazing. But as a parent, I can't even imagine what it's like to send your child off to university and then for you to get the call one day that your child has passed away because of hazing drinking and no one should have to die because of some silly rituals or or whatever you call them this case was a real eye-opener for me i realized many times in this journey called life that i've been going through that that oftentimes it's easy to not think about the consequences of my actions and i see the same thing in a lot of young people i don't know what it is Maybe it's just being young, but it just really feels like anything can go wrong. When you're having fun or just following what is cool at the moment, you don't really think about something could actually go wrong from what I'm doing. But the truth is, the older you grow up, the more responsibility you have and the higher the consequences. One mistake or a moment of bad judgment can change your life. The sad thing is one person can do it and they're fine. But the moment that you do it, you can be the unlucky one who gets the worst punishment. Because it makes me realize how important my decisions are, especially when it comes to the people that I keep around me. Friends or brothers or whatever you call them that are making you drink and don't care that you're wasted and not your friends. You should never want to be associated with people who don't care about your well-being. Timothy's father asked his friends that if things were the other way and Timothy was the one who was a member of the pledge and there was some other guy who was in a bad state, 
how do they think that Timothy would have reacted? And they all said that he would have definitely helped them out because he was just that kind of guy. And it's so sad that he didn't have anyone around him who would do the same for him. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next time for my next episode. Just a reminder, there is still a lot of good in the world. Please go out there and be the good you want to see in the world. Bye.